Welcome to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly. I've lately been feeling like I'm ready to kind of get back into the kitchen. I bought a couple of herb plants because this summer I want to be the kind of girl who has fresh herbs. And Liz. I just spent $180 on a white one-piece swimsuit because I'm desperate. I have bought four white bikinis and they are all diaper central. Your mom time off starts now. Welcome back to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. Elizabeth, we have such an exciting episode today. As always. Unfortunately, today's exciting episode will not be captured on the YouTube um, because we don't have our stuff together. No, we, we our studio is not right We have audio issues with the camera. I don't have a camera battery. Our setup is horrendous. The lighting is so bad. So it's on Elizabeth. I told Elizabeth the only thing she has to do this week is like the bare minimum responsibilities of like getting the YouTube videos up and fixing this room in your house. Which you think sounds very easy, but it is so difficult because you can't just go into a store anymore, especially like a home goods store and just flat out buy something like i don't mean like actual home goods but we need two cute desk chairs and like a long desk or a table and for the life of me i like i cannot find it so i've been to home goods i've been at tj maxx i went to at home i went to target i've been all over and i can't i can't find it so hopefully this time next week we will have something cute set up i'm imagining peel and stick wallpaper i'm imagining well, a sign eventually. I can't get that done in a week, but... Yeah, we've got plans, and we will try our hardest to get it up on YouTube next week. But for now, just enjoy this audio-only podcast. But again, it is what can only be described as an exciting episode. We have a great Millennial Award of the Day. We have some really fun Dish the drive through segments. And I have industry news that, like always, will leave you quaking. Some very thought-provoking industry news are upon us. I love something thought-provoking. So anyway, it's um, spring is sprung. Spring is trying. Oh, are we are we also going to recap our book? Oh my, Elizabeth, talk about the brain fog. Yes. So at the end of this episode, we are going to be recapping. It ends with us by Colleen Hoover. If you haven't finished it yet, just don't. Let, we'll give you an, a moment to to leave the episode, and then once you do finish it, you can. Come, come back. back. We finish. were going to do it in a few more weeks, but honestly, Elizabeth and I finished the book so quickly. And, and I, so has everyone else. And so, yeah, so has everyone else. And I need to get my thoughts out before. Yeah. So, yes, you're absolutely right, Elizabeth. So, we'll have the segments you love plus our book club book. And I think we're going to be announcing our next book club Ooh. book, which I feel, well, we'll talk about that later, but I feel a lot of pressure because It Ends With Us was so good. Yeah. That I feel as though anything else could be trash garbage well i don't even know what the next book is so i'm on the edge of my seat well (laughs) i know anyway so spring is trying to sprung here in old missouri Uh, we have easter coming up soon and i just wanted to share with the class what our easter tradition was when it came to the easter bunny because i think it's a really fun idea Uh, if there's little Mm -hmm. ears listening we're going to be talking about the easter bunny as adults so um, just a little bit of a warning there. But so when we were growing up, I guess what year did it start? I mean, as long as I can remember. I think it's always been a thing because, well, the, mom got it from her sorority. No. Yes, she did. No, you're dead wrong. Mom saw it in a in a uh, home magazine. Her big little reveal was 
Hmm, why do this is the Mandela effect? Because I have a distinct conversation. Because it was not always. I remember waking up and being like, "What happened?" I thought the Easter Bunny was coming, and look what happened. I'm almost positive it was like her big little. Okay, why don't you call her and see if she'll answer? And I will give a recap of what it is because we're being kind of annoying. So basically, in our family, when okay, so we don't remember exactly where our mom came up with the idea. Elizabeth seems to think it was for her big little reveal for her sorority. I thought she read it in like a Better Homes and Gardens magazine. We can't be sure. We'll try to find out. But basically what happens is on Easter morning, instead of just having an Easter basket, we would wake up in our house would be entangled with yarn. So picture this, like all of the kids, there's five of us, we'd come out on like the landing of like our upstairs and there would be five different, um, what are they called? Bales? No. No, just... Balls of string. Balls of string. Of yarn. Oh, yeah. Balls of yarn. Thank you. Every kid would have their own color. And then throughout our entire house, it's like Charlotte's web of all of these different colors. It's like going through a a heist where there's lasers protecting yes. a diamond. They would just string the string all over our house, take you inside, take you outside, take you upstairs, take you downstairs. They would take you for a loop, and it would take us a solid 15 minutes to get through it. Sometimes more. And then at the end of the string, it would lead you to your Easter basket. It was so fun. And honestly, looking back at genius on mom and dad's part, because like it kept us entertained for a while. Yeah. Because then like me and Liz would do it, and then we and then we would have to help Sydney and Grayson. And sometimes they were really hard. I mean, it was always like you'd wake up on Christmas morning, and we would all... Christmas Easter. morning. We'd all wake up on Easter morning, and we'd see who's ball of yarn was the smallest because that meant like your trail was the longest Mm -hmm. so anyway i'm so i don't i don't really know what other people would do for easter i guess it was just your basket was hidden somewhere i just feel like that would be so difficult without any sort of rhyme or reason as to where it would be hidden well and then when you have so many kids like we did then like what if i find your basket right then like that's super annoying and then like i ruin it for you so i think the string was like so fun so i'm gonna do it this year i didn't do it last year because george was only yeah like i don't know how old was he like he had just turned two but this year he's gonna be three and i think he's totally gonna like get it. get the concept so i'm super super excited to do it this year so if you're looking for a fun little different easter thing to do to just make it a little bit more fun to start a new tradition i highly suggest stealing ours because it was, it was so fun it was so fun mm-hmm. wasn't it yeah i'm really curious as to where she got it from now i know me. i don't remember her us always doing it i remember waking up one morning and being because it was in our bedroom sometimes like you know sometimes they would get super crazy and it would be like in our bedrooms so, like you'd wake up and there was string in your bedroom but then you had to like weave through the string i don't know like i wish we had some photos of it because picture there's five of us there was five different colors of yarn all over the house it was so fun so fun okay so the millennial word of the day is coming right up but we are very excited to share that the carpool with kelly and liz now has its first official sponsor (laughs) yay and an amazing sponsor it is we are so excited to welcome keen's stroller wagons to the carpool family these are the original stroller wagons aka kid haulers so it comes in two options it has a two passenger and a four passenger four passenger option it has three different models so whatever you're looking for whatever your budget is they'll have something to accommodate i actually have one of the wagons and what i love about it is it is 
how we would say in the car business, fully loaded. <laughs> so instead of like nickeling and diming you along the way to add the seats and add the canopy, the strollers come fully loaded. So I have the four passenger. And even though I only have two kids, it is going to be a beast this summer to go down to our neighborhood pool. Because I'm out of room with my regular stroller. Right. Like by the time I do toys and towels and swim diapers, your girl's going to need a wagon. They are known for their quality. And I'm so excited to be partnering with them on the podcast. So you can use code CARPOOL for $50 off any wagon at keens.us. That's K-E-E-N-Z dot U-S. Go easy and ride happy. So thank you, Keens, for coming on board. We are so excited to have you here. All right, Liz, what's the millennial word of the day? I don't think I've used this word before. I'm kind of getting murky on what we've talked about. (laughs) But I think nonetheless, we could all always use a refresher. Today's word is simp. S-I-M-P. It means a guy is overly desperate for a woman, especially if she's a bad person or has expressed disinterest in him with whom he continues to over-obsess over. Oh, I get it. So... It's when you like someone so much and like they're not giving you any reason to and you would do anything for this person. You're a simp. I think it can also be like used in a more casual like it's not just about people too. Like if I'm like obsessed with like Tyrion, for example, your dog and he hates me like am I simping over Tyrion? I don't think so. I think it's more reserved for people. I think you could say that as a joke, but I don't think that that's an appropriate way to use the word simp. I'm just trying to think like, like you can't be like I'm a simp for French fries like that's not that's not what you say okay no. I'm just trying to think about like how I could incorporate this into my vocabulary because I don't think I see a lot of simp energy in my life because like my husband's well, obsessed you, with me you, so I'm no, obsessed with you him. were a simp for Tyler though yeah and now honestly Tyler t- honestly not Tyler because probably, Tyler expressed much disinterest in you when you guys first started dating and, and it's you, almost as now like still went for it Tyler's a simp for me now because he definitely expressed a lot more interest in me yeah so that's the word. So I don't know if we'll be able to use it, but hey, it's good to know the language it, nonetheless. It's good to know the language, and it's also good to know that it's like not a good thing. Yeah. And if like you, you are, don't want to be simping. Okay, so we're going to play a slightly different game today, Elizabeth. And instead, I guess game's kind of a loose word. It's not really a game. Segment. Anyway. I, I can't think of Today's something. segment is called pending. But the, <laughs> but the premise of the segment is what are your last three transactions on your debit slash credit card? Okay. Basically, I just want to like take this time to expose us. Yeah. Hold us accountable, but also maybe share with the class on what we bought recently and why we bought it. Okay. So I have three. I just went through my um, credit card. You have three. We'll just do back and forth. Brief thing of what you bought, why you bought it. Did we say how much it was? (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) Okay. That's stressful, but yeah. Do you want to start? Um, Yeah, I'll start. So I recently, this was an Amazon purchase. But I just bought my kids new simple modern cups. So these are my favorite sippy cups. And they're about so it's a simple modern brand. They're about $14 a piece. Like it's kind of an investment piece. But now that I've had them for we have four of them right now. And we've had some of them for over a year. They hold up great. There's only three pieces involved. So it's a lid, a straw and a cup. But again, what I love is you can mix the straws and the cups and the lids. So we have four Mm. of them right now. And Tyler's like, I love these cups. These are the ones I want to have for our kids. Buy two more for their Easter baskets. Oh, cute. So I just bought George and Hattie another Simple Modern cup. So now I'll have six. And I'm going to like totally rearrange my kid, um, 
like food item cabinet in our kitchen mm-hmm. because I'm ditching the bottles. Sorry, Hattie. She's 18 months. I'm still giving her a bottle because I think it's adorable. It has to stop. I know. And now we're just going to have the simple modern cups and I'm going to have uh, two baskets. So one with the straws, one with the lids, one with the cups. So you just mix and match. Doesn't Cute. even matter. Love it. So yeah, I do the 14 ounce ones. Like I said, they're $14 a piece. Highly, highly recommend. They're not technically like leak proof if the spout's open, but you can fold the spout. So then they're mm-hmm. leak proof and they keep things um, yeah, cold you guys for forever. Always use those. Yeah, I love them. Love them. Um, okay, my most recent purchase was actually about 40 minutes ago when you and I got coffee after the gym. Oh, yeah, you should want me coffee this morning. So that was like $10 for two coffees, but that's that's just what it is. I got an iced caramel macchiato. And I got, it was like, it's a Mexican coffee shop. And so I got, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a Mexican coffee with uh, sugar and cinnamon in it. And it was, was freaking delicious. I'll probably get that next it was time. It pretty good. I don't know if I like Mexican coffee quite as much. It sort of had a, sort of a sweeter taste to it mm. or maybe bitter. I don't really know. I wasn't sure. I, I liked the flavor profile, but it was good nonetheless. All right. What's yours? Next one. Okay, sorry. I feel like mine are kind of fun, actually. <laughs> uh, my next one is that I bought Hattie some new play clothes from Old Navy. So they like need clothes to go to the babysitters mm-hmm. with. Because why, as a mother, do I like only buy them nice clothes and then they have yeah. nothing to wear? I, guess what? I put them in nice clothes, no exaggeration, four times a month. Yeah. I dress them for church and that's all, that's all we do. So I bought her just like some mix and match pieces Poor Hattie, though, like if anyone else has a very chunky toddler, you can relate to this. She is so chunky and she's so she's in two T sizes, but the two T is like made for skinny toddlers, not chunky, not chunky babies. Also, I saw this on TikTok and I just have something to say about baby clothes, especially baby girl clothes. Like I understand that like we dress boys and girls differently and they have different styles, but the fact that the girl clothes are so much skimpier than the boy clothes is really starting to cause issues with me. Like, if I look at a pair of Georgia shorts versus mm-hmm. a pair of Hattie shorts, it's like a five-inch difference. That's so weird. And I'm like, first of all, it she has a big belly. It doesn't hardly fit over her diaper. Like, they just look ridiculous on her. Hmm. And I'm just like, I'm all for, like, a cute little stylish girl. Like, I'm not even saying the shorts need to be the same, but it is crazy. And all the all the tops are, like, a little shorter, a little crop top. Like, my girl's got a belly. Yeah. She's got a booty do. She does have a booty do. When her stomach sticks out further than her booty do. Like, what is she, what am I supposed to do? Uh, I'm actually in favor of Hattie's booty do hanging out personally. So, like, <laughs> I'm, like, for the crop tops because I love her little belly. But I, I see where the I see where the problem could be. So, there. anyway, I bought her. I did find some pretty good stuff at Old Navy. I spent $45 on just, like, some mix and match pieces. They Their shorts, I found, were a little bit better than Carter's and Target. So, PSA, if you have chunky toddlers or you're looking for longer shorts for your kids, check out Old Navy. Okay, the next thing that I bought, well, I just spent $180 on a white one-piece swimsuit from my bachelorette party. And I know what you're thinking. Why would you spend that much money? It's because I'm desperate. I have bought four white bikinis trying to find one that will work for my bachelorette party. And they are all diaper central. It's, it, I can't believe it. Like, I like to wear high rise for obvious reasons. So I'm, tr- I feel more comfortable in them. So I'm trying to find a high rise, even high leg sw- bikini that's white for my bachelorette. And 
It does not matter how much of a thong they have on the back, whatever. They all look like Diaper Central and they are so unbelievably unflattering. So I have spent an insane amount of money on them already and I'm just slowly returning them. So I figured maybe a one piece could be a good... Oh, so you haven't even had it. You haven't no. even tried it yet. No, I just ordered it. Oh, okay. It's one of the last three things I ordered. So um, I'm also tall, so one pieces don't normally work on me and the reviews weren't super great but we'll see i'm so desperate best of luck what if you just got like a white swimsuit and then you just like wore a sarong the whole time yeah i know i've kind of been thinking about that too but i'm sorry yeah but then i'm like yes and i agree because this one that i recently got i got a frankie's bikini that i think i'm gonna return because it's fine but like this frankie's bikini was 200 dollars for the top and the bottom yeah like it has to be great that's tough so well, That's, best of luck. Thank you. Um, I'll end the segment with uh, something pretty... Wait, b- I had one more. I, I said you said... Oh, you sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll end my portion of the oh, segment with yeah. one more. And that was gas. I filled up my gas tank yesterday. Do you want to guess? I was on dead E, which was not good. Don't do that. I'm going to guess... Do you want to guess how much it cost to fill up my tank? $63. Oh. Was it $63? <laughs> I yes. Oh my god, that's amazing. No, I literally look. I literally wrote it down. Gas sixty three dollars. Oh my gosh. Wow, Liz, you should go buy a lot of tickets. I know, today. I'm on it. Okay, so sixty three dollars fill up my Hyundai Palisade gas tank. Um, the last thing I bought, also I just ordered, so it hasn't come in yet, are some Amazon hair extensions. I'm could I'm so skeptical about this. So for my wedding, I thought about getting extent like sewn in extensions but it is just so unbelievably expensive to do that i could never so instead i've sort of been looking for some clip-in extensions but the problem with clip-in extensions is you order them from like a clip-in extension website they have a tear no but like you order from like an actual website they have a they have a terrible return policy and they don't even like tell you like how am i supposed to pick the right color so anyway i was telling charlotte craig's girlfriend our brother's girlfriend all about this and she was like oh well i have my extensions in right now that were 60 dollars from amazon and you look at her and you cannot tell like i still can't i still don't know where they were i still i'm not sure i believe her and um so i just rolled the dice and i ordered some 60 dollar clip-in extensions because for my wedding, I really want to do like a big full bun and I just don't have that much hair. So I'm hoping that even if they're not like perfect, if they can just sort of add some volume to my bun, then that will be good enough for me. So I'm so nervous and so excited for those to come in. I mean, you will have to keep us updated because if like that could be the hack of the year. It's so funny because I was growing up, I was a dirty blonde. And so even to this day, I believe I'm a dirty blonde, even though I have like dark brown, I have like very dark brown hair. So I'm like trying to pick out a color. I'm like, oh, that's kind of dirty blonde. That's kind of me. And then I look at myself like in my mirror and I'm like, that's not even close to my hair color. So I ordered like a chocolate brown, which is really weird for me. I know because I feel like I bet our hair color is not that different. But for some reason, like when I look at you and look at me, I'm like, you're a dirty blonde and I'm a brunette. I know. And I'm, I have straight brown and hair. And people will be like, oh, your kids have blonde hair. Like, where'd they get the blonde hair? I'm like, oh, well, Elizabeth's a blonde. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay. No. She's, she like was for like five minutes in the summer. Like, you were never even that blonde. No, I was only ever a dirty blonde. So anyway, I will, I will definitely be keeping everyone updated. I'm so excited. Okay. So I have a really exciting show and tell. I can I can see that my mouth is watering right now. So I went to a dinner auction this previous weekend, and one of the items on the oral auction was 
dinner for your family. So it was one dinner a week for five weeks made by my sister-in-law. I saw her posting her preparing it on her Instagram and I wish I would have known when this auction was because I would have gone and bought it as well. It looks so good. It, she is such an amazing cook. Yeah. So I was like, I'm buying this. And then I don't have to cook dinner. And first of all, it's so much food. Like it's for sure two meals or at least like a dinner and a lunch for me and me or slash Tyler. So I think it's totally worth the money. Not gonna say what I paid for it because I definitely paid a lot for it. It was an auction. Yeah, and it was an auction. It was for a good cause. So it's all good. Um, But anyway, so I got my first meal yesterday. It was Italian sandwiches. So good. We're not going to have it as a ditch the drive through because it is so much effort. Yeah, it's not a ditch the drive through, Um, but it was a delicious meal. But Uh along with the meals, we also get a dessert. So last night's dessert was Amaretto brownies, which is like my husband's side of the family. They are the most amazing group of bakers, which we could never like no our mom doesn't bake we don't bake i don't like to bake but my sister-in-laws and my mother-in-law are amazing amazing so this is a recipe that they make a lot and it's called amaretto brownies so i brought one because i want to um have elizabeth try it but what's funny about this recipe is my mother-in-law is uh she's a very sentimental person and the amaretto brownie recipes comes from this cookbook and it's a Pillsbury cookbook magazine and it's from April of 1990. So she bought it when she was pregnant, very pregnant with my husband. So then she gave me this as a gift. That's she like so went on cute. eBay and she found oh, she the f- cookbook. Oh wow. And the Amaretto brownie recipes are on here. So I'm so it's like a cute little book and she wrote me cute. a note. She goes to Kelly, April 9th, 2015. I bought this cookbook when I was very pregnant with Tyler. I thought the brownies on the front looked good for a crabby overdue pregnant woman. I never made the brownies that I have. I never made the brownies, but I have found many other wonderful recipes. All of my favorites have come from this book. Hope you enjoyed as much as I have. Love you, Barb. That's so sweet. It's so sweet. So anyway, on the front, it's these like triple espresso brownies. So she's never made them. But she's made a ton of other recipes in this book, one of them being these amaretto brownies. Okay. Yeah. So you try, try these them. amaretto brownies. I don't think I've ever had an amaretto brownie. Okay, before. so like it's three layers. So the brownie part kind of came off of the oh. truffle part, but just kind of make a bite. Okay. So I thought it would also be fun, Elizabeth, if we made a recipe from the, this oh, 90s cookbook this for sure. This week. Because some of the recipes the recipes I feel like are nothing. Like what you'd find in a current cookbook. Like just yeah. like the way they're written, like the ingredients they're mentioning, like it just feels so different. Okay, I'm gonna take a bite of this. Okay. And we learned that you guys don't like to hear it chewing on the podcast. So we are first of all, we apologize. We are amateur podcasters. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Isn't that delicious? And these are in that cookbook? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So we will post these recipes on the carpool Instagram, but I thought it'd be fun, Elizabeth. I'm going to read one of the recipes in here, and I think I'm going to try to make it this weekend. All right. What is it? Okay. First of all, I mean, there's a ton of like cool. I mean, it's just cool to see these recipes in here. And like before I get to the recipe I want to make, like what's funny is I guess in these old magazines, they have like papers on some of the pages. So like, I guess make that the page you turn to. I would imagine that like those places got like, what are these little things called? like a like a paper card insert oh in the magazine so it's like the one that you're most likely to turn to so the one that has that that i'm most likely to turn to is this very strange looking pizza it's called shrimp and feta greek style pizza 
and it's like shrimp feta on pizza. It does not look good with black okay, olives. I don't want to make that. No, I don't want to make that. But I thought this one sounded good. Italian sausage and spinach pie. It says, mm. if you like if you like Italian flavors, you'll love this colorful layered main dish. And it is from Christine Trundle from Newport, Kentucky. That's cute. So thanks, Christine. Um, basically, the filling is sour cream, Parmesan cheese, salt, frozen chopped spinach, an egg, a hot Italian sausage, tomato sauce, shredded mozzarella. I mean, that sounds incredible. The crust is just the Pillsbury ready pie crust. And then the topping is chopped onion, sour cream, Parmesan cheese, parsley, mozzarella. Oh gosh, that smells, or smells. That so sounds so I think good. that I'll take a picture of this and we can post it on the Carpool Instagram, but I think I'm going to make it. I think you should. I think I'm going to try to make me like, some. a new recipe. I just think it's fun to like, I can't believe like the, like the 90s seem so vintage. But I mean, it's the, just the book looks super vintage. I would be curious to see one from like the 80s. I know. So I just think anyway, throwback recipes. Yeah, here's the truffle topped amaretto brownie recipe. I've made the amaretto brownies before too, and I'm not a baker and they still turned out pretty good. So yum, 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 yum. Okay, so while this 90s cookbook is fun, I wouldn't say any of them fall under or ditch the drive-thru because they do seem a little bit more labor intensive. Yes. So Elizabeth, do you have a ditch the drive-thru for I, us today? I do have a ditch the drive-thru and this is a regular for me. I make it almost weekly because it is quick it is easy and it is a great balance of everything you need so my dish the drive through is chicken fajitas and i know what you're gonna say when you say an easy recipe and then someone starts chopping an onion i'm out trust me it does it does require chopping an onion but like only into like a few pieces and it, it, it requires like <laughs> you're so right like when you look up at a recipe and it's like quick easy dinner start minced garlic it's yeah. like shut up yeah no it's not it's not like that but it's literally like four ingredients so <clears throat> you're gonna get some chicken i just prefer the chicken um tenders because i think they're easier to cut up chop them into cubes you're going to take a bell pepper or two of your choosing. I like to do a red and a yellow. Just cut it into, um, I usually cut it into. Can I ask a question? What? I think I'm right on this. Are red, yellow, and orange bell peppers all the same flavor? No, I think they, I think they taste different. Oh, I don't think they do. No, they die. They definitely taste slightly different. You think? Yeah, you have to have like a really refined palate like me. Okay, Next week on the podcast. They definitely taste I'm going to bring... Well, bet. Oh. I'm going to bring three peppers. I'm going to blindfold you and you're okay. going to tell me what color you are if you think okay. your palate is so okay. I honestly, refined. I honestly think I could do that. I'm not even you kidding. You think you could tell red, yellow, I and I think I orange. could definitely tell red and yellow. Orange would be a trickier one. Are they different? I, I think, think they are, actually. But I don't know if you could do it. I'm green for sure. Green. I hate... Green peppers are trash. Okay, so can I can I continue my recipe? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Okay, so you're just going to cut it into like long strips and then cut the strips into half. And then for the onion, I just do like a yellow or a white. I don't really know what's the appropriate thing to do, but um, I just chop onions, like not even half of an onion into little pieces. Throw it all into a pot with some olive oil, salt and pepper. Once the chicken is closer to being cooked, I just add some um, taco seasoning 
and to your to your own liking. And then once that's all cooked up, toss it on top of a tortilla, add some hot sauce, bada bing, bada boom, you're done. If you want to add avocado, if you want to add corn salsa, if you want to add regular salsa, gallo, yeah, whatever you want. But as long as you have chicken, peppers, onion, and tortillas, and hot sauce, and taco seasoning, it's very good. And this was actually a recipe that I got when Grayson was going through her elimination diet. Um, Mom would make this all the time for her. And so you know that it's got all the good things. Yeah, Grayson had some health issues a couple years ago. So she had to go on this like elimination diet to try to figure out what what was happening. Yeah, Um, I do remember mom making that a lot. And if I can just add a way to maybe make this a little bit more family friendly or to stretch a little further is also like don't underestimate some minute rice. Yeah. I mean, you can just get some minute rice and like make like a little even fajita bowls if you want to. Um, if I was going to make this for my family, I would probably use the mild taco seasoning and then I'd probably still make my kids like some cheese quesadillas on the side mm-hmm. and just kind of have like a little yeah. Mexican night that's not ground beef tacos. Yeah. I actually don't make chicken fajitas a lot because I don't think it sounds very satisfying, but I could see how like if I added rice, a little sour cream, some guac, like it's a chipotle bowl. Yeah. And the leftovers are very, very That's good. such a good point. Yeah, it's so good for, lunch, for mm-hmm. lunches. Okay, well, that's a great dish to the drive-thru. And I just want to tell everybody that we actually have now a voicemail where you can call to leave your own ditch the drive-thru because don't let us fool you. We are running short on recipes. So we need some help from the carpool crew. So if you want to call, you just call the number 959-CARPOOL. That's 959-227-7665. 959-CARPOOL. Leave your name. Uh, your recipe, and then describe the recipe. Like, don't just leave us with, no step is too small. Explain the recipe and how to cook it. Yeah. And and just know you, you're a voice woman maybe featured on the Carpool Podcast. Exactly. So I'm very excited for that. I cannot wait. I know that we have some good recipes. I'm so just excited. Just waiting to be revealed. I have lately been feeling like I'm ready to kind of get back into the kitchen. And this is so silly, but I bought a couple of herb plants. Because yeah. this summer, I want to be the kind of girl who has fresh herbs. I so, love that. No, I love that for me, too. And I'm at a good point in my life. And Tyler and I are kind of like going to rearrange like our house a little bit. And one thing I really want to focus on is the outdoor space because I love to spend time. I love to spend afternoons with my kids outside. So like all last summer, I'll pick them up from daycare at 430 and then we will go outside. We will eat dinner outside. It's the nothing is better no and I, it's for, the fresh air is so good for kids and i talked this on my instagram a little bit but we're trying to do the thousand hours outdoors mm-hmm. i'm trying to do 500 hours outdoors this year um which sounds like not that much until you start tracking it and then you're shocked to see how few hours you spend outside i also think though you will be very impressed once it comes summertime because you started this in january right? no i i don't disagree with you i think that i actually think i might get past 500 i can't really say i've been keeping that close of track to it right now Oh well that's hard um but I think I'm going to just start probably this summer because also the problem is, well, I have so many problems with like bundling <laughs> your kids up and like taking them outside and then Hattie's cold and George is hot or wh- whatever. It's just exhausting yeah. to take small children out in the cold. But this summer, anyway, like I was saying, whoa, took the scenic route on that one. <laughs> I am excited to get re-inspired in the kitchen because now I have fresh herbs that I'm going to be using. So I'm getting like a raised planter and then I'm going to have basil chives mint parsley uh and maybe cilantro and i want to have all of these herbs to kind of elevate my cooking a little bit because fresh herbs are always something i'm looking for but i hate buying them at the grocery store because one they're expensive 
and I feel like I can't get them to last. And I've done the things. I've put it in the water. I've done the things. I put a Ziploc bag over it. Never. Also, I just don't have the time for that. So I haven't tried to do that. But I just like, I don't have the time for that. But apparently herbs are pretty easy to do. So I'll keep people updated on my herb journey. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to try some new carpool recipes. I'm excited to try my new 90s recipes. And just kind of get like fall back in love with the kitchen. I love cooking in the summer. I love grilling. I love the mm-hmm. fresh ingredients. I swear everything is easier in the summer. I know. The winter and the cold just makes... I just have no inspiration for anything. I hate being cold. Same. Not as bad as you, but I do hate being cold. So anyway, that's going to wrap up our Ditch to the drive through segment. Didn't know you were such a food blogging kind of podcast. And now I'm going to bring you industry news where I bring you some news on the auto industry to keep you up to date on what's happening. Okay, so coming up first on industry news, we have a story about New York City. Ooh. Because Elizabeth and I are going to New York this month. For the New York Auto Show. We're going to the New York Auto Show, and this story caught my eye. Uber to list all NYC taxicab on its app this summer. The Wall Street Journal reports that today... the. The Wall Street Journal reports today that the rideshare giant is going to give cabs a piece of its action. Hmm. Uber has agreed to list all of the New York City's 14,000 cabs for rides on its app. This is the first time the ride-sharing company has collaborated with the cab company in the U.S. Uber is calling it a real win for riders. But the move follows years of protests from cab drivers who have lost business from the app and several months of ra- rising fares for Uber riders because of the driver shortage. So they're saying this is like a win-win because I guess it's hard to find people who are Ubering slash the fares are so expensive. Yeah. The capsi tag, the capsi, what am I saying? Oh <laughs> my, cab. the taxi cab drivers already have the infrastructure. They already have the employees. They already have the cabs. Yeah. And now they're just kind of combining the two together. And I think I'm pretty excited about it. I'm super nervous to go to New York, but we'll have to take a taxi cab. I know. We'll be, I don't, you've, have you ever, you've been to New York? Yeah, for like a second. Yeah. I think that just the idea of New York scares you. But I also like went with like other adults and like now like I'm the adult. Yeah. And it's like not really something I'm, I'm super nervous about it. But anyway, excited for New York that they are now going to allow taxi cabs and Ubers to be BFFs. I wonder about that, what that will do for Lyft. I wonder what that will do. I, I one time got in an Uber, and I think that the guy who was telling me how he, like, just bought his own taxi cab, I swear he was only driving Uber to talk trash on Uber because he was telling me about how little the Uber drivers are making now and how much more you make off of a taxi and all this oh, stuff. Oh, that's and, fascinating. And he was, like, he was like, so you better only ride in taxis after this. I'm like, as I'm, like, getting, like, I'm in his uber so it's very weird but i just think about him and he might just be an outlier but i just i hope he's okay mm. so i hope he's okay too yeah and maybe now he's you know maybe it works maybe he's excited about this yeah i don't but know but he's probably not if he hates uber so much yeah but he was driving for uber so i don't i don't really know what his deal was but it was an interesting conversation sounds like it okay the next story uh, is something else that's going to be happening at the new york auto show and it says ev startup Dias, D-E-U-S. How do I pronounce that? Dias, D-E-U-S. Deuce? No, that'd be D-U. Dias. Dias? EV startup Dias to reveal the... (sighs) I should have picked a different story. EV startup Dias to reveal the 
va and EV supercar in April at the New York Auto Show. So you're like, wow, Kelly, that was a lot of words. What does it mean? Okay, so there's a new electric startup company from Austria, Dias Automotos. Automotive, automotive. Oh my gosh, Kelly. What is wrong with me? I don't know. A new electric startup from Austria, Dias Automobiles, will unveil its first car, the Vayan Supercar, at the New York Auto Show next month. I'll be honest, it sounds like the names are the problem, not you. I, well, it's Austria, so maybe that's, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. But anyway, there is a new electric startup in town. Yes, another new electric startup. So this is why I wanted to talk about the story because I am just finding it fascinating by all of these new startup companies that are coming out with these electric cars. So some examples like Rivian, like that's an electric car startup company. Um, so those are like popping up more and more, which I find kind of interesting. I think it's su- very interesting. Well, and because... because go ahead. All of the other mega brands that have been around forever are also coming out with electric vehicles so you never really heard of a startup car car manufacturer so but we're hearing of startup electric car manufacturers which i just think is interesting to see how they will compete because no one's going to be no one's going to shake the earth like tesla did because tesla was the first and the only and now you have every single major brand trying to come out with electric vehicles. So why would I go with Deus? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see like everything that's going to happen with some of these startups. So like some other ones you might've heard of is Fisker. That's kind of another electric car startup. What's interesting about these cars brands is that they aren't taking the traditional route of having dealerships, which, so it's like, lame. well, I mean, I'm all about at this point in my career, like I'm all about the better process. Um, I think that like while Tesla was doing so well for so long, we are starting to see like some of their issues come up, like with their infrastructure, with how they're servicing their vehicles. I still love Tesla. I'm not I'm not crapping on Tesla, but it's just going to be interesting to see which of these startups make it. And which of them don't. And I find it interesting that like we've never had like new car startups until Mm -hmm. like the electric cars started to come out. And now there's like an electric car startup coming out like every other day. Like I've literally never heard of this Deuce one in my life. And now they're going to be revealing at the New New York Auto Auto Show. Show. So I definitely want to go to like see what the gossip is. Yeah, I'm only in it for the gossip. But I just like wanted to bring that to people's attention. So if you're wondering, like, gosh, what is this Fisker? What is this Deuce? What is this Rivian? Like, what are all these things? They are, they are new car startup companies. So they're going to do the Tesla model. So you buy directly from the brand. Unclear if there will be like dealerships. If you will just order on or deal, uh, dealerships and air quotes. If you'll just order online. Unsure, but there's absolutely no information about this car. Like literally, I don't even know how it has. It's just, we'll see. We will see. Literally, like, we'll keep everyone like, updated. here's all they've revealed, Elizabeth. Like, that. That's the call. Like, that's what they showed. It's not even a photo. It's just lights. The dark images don't reveal much, but we can clearly see a low-slung mid-engine shape, large intakes, and the front bumper with slim LED headlights. Like, clearly, people are. There's hype around it. Like, people care. I'm that it's happening. I just don't. I, I just want to know what sets you apart from. Why would I buy from you when I could go and buy an electric BMW or like an electric well, Tesla or something that's like yeah. been around? Like, I just don't 
Because if, if I buy a Dios startup vehicle and then it goes out of, they go out of business because they're a startup. Then where, where, are the, where, where are the parts? Where are the parts? Where, where do I get service? Like, I just, I am, mm, I don't like, I don't like this kind of change. You're not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Okay, that's interesting. I would say I'm still probably the most excited about Rivian. And if anyone's wondering on update on if I'm getting a Rivian, we're emailing. So, mm. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, Rivian makes me feel better because they have the Amazon backing. Yeah, because they're still backed by Amazon. But if you remember on one of my earlier episodes, I talked about how I think we should buy Rivian stock because I was yeah, like, yeah, and I did that. Up. And it is tanking. Really? I haven't even checked. Yeah. It's like, I bought it at $60 and now it's at 30. <gasps> no, I bought it at 62. <laughs> oh, uh. But he- listen to me. Kelly, probably so many people bought it because you said no. that. No. Well, Elizabeth, I buy it now. I'm thinking about buying more. There is no way. How can Rivian fail, Elizabeth? Amazon owns 20% of the company. Yeah. Ouch, I didn't know that. I should really watch my stocks. So anyway, often. I'm so excited about Rivian, and that's not just because I have money in it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Rivian, Rivian, Rivian. I do think that the their Amazon backing is interesting. And what Rivian's doing that I think is a little bit... What Rivian, to me, is doing that's different than these other startups is, one, they count with an electric truck. Good for you, because you know who still can't come with with, with it? Good for you, because you know who still can't come out with an electric truck? Tesla. Mm. Where's the Cybertruck, Elon? Where is yeah, it? That thing was heinous. I'm happy that thing is not on well, the Well, it's road. still coming. Um, I think it will be interesting to see what happens with the F-150 Lightning. Is that the electric F-150? Yeah. Whoa. But I don't know. I still feel like Rivian has a niche. So not only do they have the truck, but then they also have a whole line of delivery fleets that they're also building that is going to be electric. So I'm still hanging on to Rivian. Uh, if it's at $30, I'd buy some stock because I think it's going to go up. I really do. And you tell people, when we were in Nashville, that we were talking to this like other couple, the guy was like talking stocks. And I was like, oh, well, I think Rivian's pretty good. And he was trying to tell me how wrong I was. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, Amazon owns 20%. George Soros just donated $2 billion to it. Amazon has an order for 100,000 delivery trucks. We did buy trucks. it at 60 and now it's at 30. So like, I think I know one thing or two. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you're like trust me it's good he's like well that probably wasn't a good idea and you're like well i'm only and lost I think their all-time money. high was like 130 so like anyway yeah, it's just all, all i bought it at place. 60 i'd still buy it and i'll be you know what i'll be sure to keep people updated yeah so that's my industry news sorry the industry news was a little soft it's been a little soft the past two weeks there's not much going on in the auto, auto industry besides absolutely no cars available so, so it's been a little how hard. many more times can we just talk about that but hopefully when we go to new york we can like see some new cars meet some new people oh, we're gonna get the t- from new york 100 percent. okay so that's what i have as far as the podcast is concerned is it time to move into it ends with us recap oh i think it is because i've been simping over this book. there you go thanks i think that was the right way i think i'm not really sure we'll go with it all right let's get into it all right so we are about to start our it ends with us a book club recap so if you have not read the book stop listening now and if you finish the book let's talk about it <laughs> yeah and if you finish the book oh we, my gosh <laughs> we have a lot to talk about before we go any further i do want to give a trigger warning we are going to be talking about some domestic violence and alcoholism um as part those were some of the main themes in the book so trigger warning for anyone who may have sensitivities to those kinds of topics Okay, Elizabeth. So what do we do? For people who maybe haven't read the book but are still here, should we give like a synopsis of what happened? I think we can give a quick little summary so we can just all get caught up. I don't want to give like 
a total summary, but yeah, why don't you just like, if you were explaining this book to someone who was never going to read it, tell us. Okay, so the main character of the book is this girl named Lily. She falls in love with this neurosurgeon named Ryle, who claims he never wanted to be in a relationship and Lily changed him. And it kind of talks about their dating relationship. And um, it also goes back to Lily's past where she was in a home with an abusive father and she had this sort of, I would say neighbor boy, but he was this homeless boy that lived in the old house behind her because his family wouldn't accept him or something like that. And so she would invite him over to hang out and give him food and clothes. And they ended up just becoming really, really good friends and sort of formed a romantic relationship through that. And that was her high school. And then they never, he moved and they never got back together. And so it goes through Lily's relationship with, oh, and the homeless boy's name was Atlas. Um, it goes through Lily's relationship with Ryle and Ryle ends up sort of having some abusive tendencies and it kind of explains how, you know, she could never justify why her mom would never leave her dad. But after being in one of these relationships, how she can kind of understand how it could be hard to leave that type of relationship. And then Atlas comes back. He's successful. He owns a restaurant and a lot of the um abuse that comes from Ryle is rooted from Atlas and so he gets really jealous of Atlas even though there's nothing there and um Lily gets pregnant with Ryle's baby and Atlas wants to be with her forever and anyway she ends up leaving Atlas Ryle, or Ryle. just leaving Ryle and has the baby and that's that that was a pretty good summary um, so I mean, after, there's so much more. But. No, there is so much more. And I think we're going to kind of get to some of the our main takeaways. I thought my first impression of the book was it was actually not what I thought it was going to be. And I remember like reading the back cover and I didn't didn't know it was going to be taking a domestic violence turn, I guess. Mm-mm. So I actually found myself. I'm, I'm almost happy I didn't know what that was going to be about because I really feel like and maybe that was intentional because I'm pretty sure I read the back of the book and it never yeah. once mentions anything about domestic violence. And I actually liked that because it allowed me to fall in love with Ryle. I yeah. think. And like really, I, I you know, I got a couple of messages on the Carmen Instagram saying like how they didn't like the book because they thought that like it glorified or romanticized domestic violence. Oh, I don't think and that at all. I, no, I actually think it did, but I think that's the point. I think it's to show readers People, you know, because people always want to say like, well, why didn't the woman leave? Why didn't the woman leave? I was reading this book being like, oh, well, she's got to forgive him. It was an accident. And here I am. I'm defending it. Yeah. And I couldn't believe I was doing that. But I loved that I that I went on that journey with Lily Mm -hmm. and really like felt all of her emotions. I totally Um, agree. And so I liked that I didn't know what it was about because I like I mean, just even talking about like when they meet on the roof, I was like, oh, who's this? Like, who's this neurosurgeon? I was like, oh, cute. This is going to be like a fun little basic love story. And in the first first chapter, they show how he has anger issues. They literally, he's like kicking things and throwing things and is upset and just went entirely over our heads. That couldn't even be a red flag. I do agree with that. But after hearing why he was kicking the chair, I thought his emotions were, that part of his emotions were a little justified. So one of the main 
um, character developments for Ryle is that when he was a child, he accidentally shot his older brother. They got a hold of a gun. He shot his older brother and it had caused obviously a lot of trauma in his life. And the night that they meet on the roof, he had just tried to perform a surgery to save a child who was also shot by his brother accidentally. So that's a lot to handle. No, I know. It's just, I think that some people handle things differently and he, I'm not saying he wasn't justified reacting in that way, but I'm saying that was an example of his anger from the very beginning, from the first chapter. That's what I'm saying. Which I do also was wondering, like, did he... Because what's interesting about Ryle as a character is he always said, like, I've never been in a relationship. Like, I just like to do one-night stands. I like to do one-night stands. I didn't really understand that part of his character because I was like, why? And also, like, no offense, but, like, what's so great about Lily? Like, why did she change you? I felt like... And we can talk about their relationship in a second. But I wonder, like, did he know he was violent? Like, had he acted in other violent ways before? Like, had he been abusive to somebody else? Or was he kind of discovering that this is who he was for the first time, too? I don't know. And I kind of thought that his whole thing of, like, oh, I only do one night stands was sort of unnecessary because he fell in love with Lily literally immediately in the beginning of the book. And there was no character development for Lily. I'm like, why is she so great? Yeah. Like, she's she's great but like what made him change all this and also i think that if he had been abusive in the past i don't think that um elisa would have let her best friend get into a relationship with him in that way right so i am wondering so if like this I, was ryle discovering if this was his first relationship and now he's feeling jealousy yeah and again i'm i'm by in no point in this am i ever justifying domestic violence i'm just trying to like get into his head as well um but yeah, I agree with you. Like the first part of their love story, I wasn't really buying because yeah. first of all, it was a little like predictable. It's like, oh, then she starts a flower shop. L- literally, then she starts the flower shop when he told her to do it. Yeah. And then like they're in Elisa's apartment and it's a picture of her. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So the first night they meet, he takes a photo on his phone and then blows it up and hangs it in his apartment. That, if I saw that, I would have been running for the hills. That was stalker vibes. Stalker vibes, major red flag, would have never moved forward with this relationship from that point. And I think it's funny when, oh, well, we can use simp a lot here. (laughs) I think it's funny when guys do creepy things like that, but if they're like cute, it's like romantic. But if he were not cute and not a neurosurgeon, not a neurosurgeon, not this dreamboat of a guy, and he was just like a guy that you weren't interested in, stalker status. Yeah, no, I totally so, agree. I just, I just think we have to think of all. I don't think, I don't think it matters how cute they are. If it's stalker status, it's stalker status. So now let's talk about kind of their first. I want to talk about the first um, negative encounter they had. So if you remember, mm-hmm. they were having a fun date night. He took a casserole out of the oven without oven mitts. Idiot! Idiot! Burns his hand. She's laughing. He's running his hand underwater. She realizes it's not funny. She goes over to comfort him. He shoves her out of the way. And it's funny because like when I first I was listening to the book and when I first listened to it, I it didn't even I didn't. I was like, oh, he didn't mean to push her. Yeah. And I didn't realize the severity of it. I think I didn't. The way it was read, I didn't. I thought maybe she slipped. Like, yeah, I I didn't. I had to go back and listen to it because she's like, you pushed me. You pushed me. I was like, well, is I didn't think he meant to push you, but I guess it does sound like he did push her out of the way because then she like falls and hits her head or something. I didn't really understand their first encounter. I didn't think that was quite as well written. 
Um, but maybe that's the point. Maybe they want you to be like, well, was it an accident? Yeah. It was an accident. I can justify because we're trying to be there throughout the relationship. Because if he were to just like randomly punch her, I'd have been like, girl, get out of there. What do you mean? He can't be that great. But it was like, oh, like we can justify in our heads that it was an accident. Just like Lily can justify in her head that maybe it was an accident. And he felt so sorry. And like, I literally found myself feeling bad for him for doing it because i'm yeah. like oh he just probably didn't mean to do that I'm like he was so stressed he was about to do the conjoining twins thing yeah again just like i loved the journey that i went on to just and i think honestly it's a great tribute to victims of domestic violence because i i mean literally was like rooting for their relationship for probably way long way longer than i would have thought i would have rooted for it mm. um and I love, I freaking loved when we talk about that later. I like, loved when Lily like, connected with her mother again. And she was like, yeah, your father was the same way. Like at first it was an accident. He was remorseful right away. And then it happened more frequently. And every single time it happened, my limit got pushed. And what mm-hmm. I accepted got further and further and further. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was- think that I maybe would have rooted for their relationship longer if there wasn't Alice in the picture. Because because Alice was in the picture and he seemed like the perfect guy, I was like, well, just leave Ralph for Alice. He's also successful and cute and you guys have a background and he would never hurt you. So, yeah. So now let's kind of let's talk about the Atlas of it all. Mm-hmm. I was I actually I normally don't like books where they do flashbacks because I always just I like, feel like I got bored with the flashbacks. But I found myself just as invested, if not more invested in the Atlas storyline, especially after the first encounter with Ryle and Lily, then I was so about the Atlas storyline. I Mm -hmm. thought it was so interesting. There was one thing I don't like about their relationship, which I don't know, I guess this is a good time as ever to bring it up. I felt I was super uncomfortable and did not understand how they were friends. Obviously there was some tension. She's 15. He's 18. He asks her, Hey, when do you turn 16? Yeah. He comes back on her 16th birthday to sleep with her. Yeah. And then leaves. Yeah. Again, it's the same. It's the exact same thing as the picture. If it was this dream boat of a guy that you were really into. Oh, my gosh. Wait, is it kind of cute? But if it's like not, it's like all these like things can always waver on like creepy and cute. Yeah. Um, I also think like 16 and an eight year old, (laughs) 16 and 18 year old. Probably. Is that not still illegal? I don't. I, I guess it, I don't I, the blur, know. The uh, lines are blurred. I don't really. I don't know. I honestly don't know the laws, but I was just thinking like that was a little too like, okay, so you just want to know when you turn 16 because I maybe let's, let's say maybe it's legal or then you were comfortable with it. So then you come back the night of her 16th birthday just to sleep with her, take her virginity and then leave her. And yeah. like, she didn't like think that was weird or bad. So, and I was like, if you really loved her, I don't think you would have done that to her. Yeah. So I actually hated that part of Atlas and I like almost wish it didn't exist because I also and I don't know if that was the intention of what the author wanted us to talk about or if like I'm just looking too into this. Yeah. But, I like, don't know that either. Really rubbed me the wrong way and almost made me like be like, OK, he's not all that either. Honestly. Well, no, I think. Yeah. And maybe maybe he needed to have a flaw as well. But yeah, the her looking back on their relationship was never. Oh, he hit it and quit it. It was. I lost my virginity to him and like we were so in love and all these things like she never looked at it in a negative. So I guess we're not supposed to we're not supposed to. I feel like we had a pretty good internal dialogue uh, from Lily. So, yeah, no, I I don't disagree. But yeah, I I see what you're saying. So then, you know, they have these other encounters, the atlas of it all and like her hold on to the atlas of it all 
was an interesting storyline because she definitely was keeping things from Ryle. Do you, I mean, do you think that she was still in love with Atlas through all of this time? Or, or I really don't. I really don't. I think that she said it well because she was like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have kept the journals or maybe I should have told him that he gave me his number and maybe I should have done this. And it's like, also, you shouldn't, if you're not doing anything bad, you shouldn't have to tell tell your significant other that a guy came and gave you your phone number if you didn't really care about it or if you forgot about it. You shouldn't have to tell. But then she says she didn't, she didn't forget about it and she knew it was there and she wanted to keep it because she thought she might need it. Oh, I didn't remember that part. I don't know if she was in love with Atlas, if she was like really committed to Ryle. I mean, I do think that if I do think she would have stayed committed to Ryle, because I also think on some level she was her and Atlas didn't have really the closure until, you know, until she officially ended things with Ryle of like, what happened? Why didn't he come back for her? I think I think if you take all the domestic violence out of it, if Ryle would have never hit her she would have been with him for the rest of her life. I don't think that there was any feelings, secret feelings towards Atlas. I think she was 100% in it for a I while. think you're 100% right. I think like one part of the story that still leaves me really uncomfortable is, so, you know, it was a while like her dad never hurt her. Her dad never hurt her. Mm-hmm. And then one time her dad did hurt her, mm-hmm. which to me like really in my opinion, like turned it all up a notch in which I, what I'm still uncomfortable with is one that, I mean, especially their third encounter, Ryle and Lily's third encounter, like when he bit her and when he like, um, you know, it got, it got really violent. One, there was no, he, he never suffered any consequences for that, which I don't think is fair. I think that Mm. consequences should be had. And additionally, I mean, there was no talks of like, this isn't this is not okay. Here are the parenting things that we're going to do. You need to be in therapy. You need to do this. And now like he gets to see his daughter, which again, I'm never going to hurt her. I'm never going to hurt her. But then we've seen that your dad did hurt you. So I really feel unsettled with the fact that I mean, I'm so happy Lily left him. Obviously, I felt unsettled with how they left now their relationship with their daughter. And like what that's going to look like and how is that going to play out? And I also think about like when we hear that Lily's dad beat up atlas after catching them together like if ryle and i don't know if we're supposed supposed to be comparing lily's dad to ryle but to me especially hearing like how lily's mom talks about the progression of their relationship i just like don't know what's happening there like are we really supposed to trust this man with the daughter without any sort of consequences any sort of therapy being required any sort of like do you know what i'm saying yeah well the other thing that i was thinking too is like okay well now if we ever wanted to leave the door open for Lily and Atlas, we can pretty much shut that door right away because that will drive Ryle insane if Lily and Atlas end up together. Um, I don't know. I feel like the punishment part, maybe do you mean like legal punishment or do you mean like you, she should have made him like suffer more or what do you mean by he didn't have I any consequences? maybe legal punishment. I mean, he like, yeah. it was a really horrible assault and I just think for it to be, I mean, she went to the emergency room and like for that just to be completely I, I just, don't know I don't I wish which again I want to be I'm really sensitive to the fact that like 
like Lily as the victim, like had the right to do what she wanted to do in the situation. I, where, mm-hmm. where my pause just comes in is, you know, then they're at the hospital and he's holding his daughter and she's like, I would tell her to leave the guy like I would never do this. And, and I think I would have had, I think I would have been more comfortable with that had I not, had we not seen Lily's dad also be violent towards her. It's just where I'm kind of at with the yeah, situation. Yeah, I don't, and I, and I don't know. Or like, is now Ryle going to like, beat up like the first boy that he catches their daughter with like it's just yeah i don't know i don't i just felt that was like a little left unsaid and maybe and maybe there's stuff that we don't know like i doubt i doubt he gets to have any sort of full-time custody with his daughter i doubt it no he said he did because she was like dropping him off oh she was like he has lily or what was what was the daughter oh yeah it was for the weston no what was her name Uh. it was his brother's name yeah, what, uh, I forget. Uh, Emerson or something? Oh, something like that. I think it was Emerson. Oh, maybe it was just for the afternoon, though? Or was I he think, leaving her for, like, the weekend? I think it was the weekend, babe. I don't think so. I don't, I don't. But I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, I would have liked maybe just a little bit more on that. But, okay, let's get to some of these. The good thing about this being a very popular book is I was able to find some great book, cu- book club questions. So we'll do a few of these questions, and then we can um, cast who we, who we were picturing yeah. in our heads, okay? Okay. Okay. Lily Bloom gave an uncomplimentary eulogy for her abusive father. Was Lily right to give that kind of eulogy she did? What might you have done? What kind of eulogy might you have given had you been in Lily's shoes? Or perhaps you have been in her shoes. Okay, well, we have not been in her shoes. Um, I would have... I loved what she did. I thought they, I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I would have... I don't know if I would have done the same thing, but I... I like what she did. Well, and I like that she didn't. Um, I like that she didn't go up there and roast him. I like that she goes, what'd she say? Like, I'm going to tell you the good things about my father. And then just stood there. Yeah. And so she didn't say anything, but she also didn't make it. But that also said something without but her that said something, but, but in a way where her mom could easily like blame it on her nerves or her sadness. Yeah. And not like put her mom through more of that. Because I guess we don't know if the whole family knew he was abusive or if that was just something kept inside yeah. their walls. So, yeah, I think that she did a great thing. Yeah, and I, I, I would like to think I'd be the kind of girl who had done the same thing. Okay, why is Lily hesitant to first become involved with Ryle? It isn't his name. Is it, it, is it his name? Is it just too damn good to be true? Or is there something else that makes her hold back initially? Okay, I, is it just me or I don't remember her being hesitant to be involved with Ryle? Yeah. I remember Ryle oh, being hesitant yeah, because to be involved he kept, with her. He kept just being like... Because he just kept saying he wanted a one night stand. Yeah, and that was so. so I would say the reason she went, she was hesitant, was because she didn't want it to just be a one night stand. That's pretty. Yeah, that was not easy a very good question. question. I know. I I'm with you. I hated that storyline of like. Yeah, it was just. I don't know. I mean, I loved the book. I also will say, like some of the, sex scenes, I was over. I was so, some of them I was just like cringing at and then some of them I'd be like oh oh my like kind of blushing and then other ones I'm like okay get on with the storyline I don't need to ha- hear them making passionate love again especially like, I'm not after like where, we, where we've seen like some things go awry it's like okay I need to know what happens yeah here. I need we need to move the story along yeah I, there was a little too much SEX scenes for me personally I like like one good one and then I like to move on yeah okay Talk about Atlas and Lily's young relationship. What drew them together? What happens when they reconnect in Boston? Well, I think that they had a lot in common because they were both sort of outcasts and they both sort of struggled with their relationships with their parents. And they really were all each other had. Yeah. In high school. Did you, this is a good question. 
Um, how did Atlas's situation change your outlook on homeless people? Well, I thought that they made a really good point when it was. she was like, well, why don't you, you know, talk to the guidance counselor? Why can't your mom do this? Why don't you go and do this? And he's like, I've exhausted every resource and they, they don't have to do anything for me. I'm 18. Um, I can't get a job because I don't have an address or a call. Like the, he they justified all of the things. Um, it was just really sad. It kind of reminded me of the, of that Netflix show Made. Did you ever watch that? No, I never watched that. Well, it just sort of like same thing kind of shows the process of someone who's struggling with their finances and someone who's struggling with homelessness and just like how you get stuck in that situation despite your best efforts to do everything right. And um, I just think it definitely humanizes and shines a light on those situations. I totally agree. I think it was really hard to hear it be of someone so young. Mm -hmm. um, and... I think it's just like, like you said, like I'm really involved with the St. Louis crisis nursery here in St. Louis. And one thing they always talk about is there are so many families and people living on the cusp. Like it's one unexpected expense and they're back on the streets. Like yeah. it's just so many people are like living so close to the edge. And it was so sad to see it on like such a young person. I think especially on um, on a young man too, because I think like, you know, as a, young man who's 18 like you know you're just seen as this potentially dangerous adult and i think yeah. that's almost like how the town painted him when lily's dad found them yeah it was like you're some like 18 year old man homeless trying to take advantage of my daughter and like obviously we don't it, that, that's not how lily saw him so mm -hmm. i honestly like loved that angle on it i loved atlas as a character i just again i just struggled with the him coming home on our 16th birthday but yeah that was kind of weird. Um, do you think Atlas and Lily will end up happily ever after? Again, I think it would be very, very hard for them to with all of the abuse coming from Ral was basically Atlas was at the root of it. But I would love to see it happen. I would love for he sounds great. He sounds like he loves her. Sounds like he would be a great stepfather to her daughter. And I would love to see it happen. What did you think about like when he says, I came back for you, I saw you in college and you looked happy, so I left. That was so annoying to me. Yeah. Because, like, you didn't, like, and I, this is kind of a blur for me. I, I think this, this is what happened, right? Like, he came back from college. No, he came to visit her at college, mm -hmm. saw that she was, like, with this group of people. Some guy kissed her and then he's like, oh, she's good. I'll she's walk away. She's in love, yeah. Also, maybe, maybe you didn't have to go up to her right then and there, but, like, you know, if she's walking to class or if she's like studying in the quad, like there are plenty of times where you can reinsert yourself and be like, hey, 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 you might be in a relationship right now. And like, that's great. But like, let's reconnect as friends. Like, I just don't I didn't understand how he th thought that his presence could throw an absolute wrench into her entire life. Yeah, I think that. She, and I also think like you don't know how happy she was. Like, you don't know if she would have like left him for. I mean, you just don't know. I think he should have gone up to her. And that was a little frustrating for me. I also think, like, she deserved to make that decision with the information she had. I like, agree. you made the decision for her yeah, based on a five-second interaction you saw. So that was a little annoying for me. And then the last question, does reading the author's note where Colleen talked about her parents' relationship and abusive father change your perspective on the book? I don't think I read the author's oh, note. Oh, you didn't read the author's note? Oh, you need to keep listening. Oh, so if I you didn't, turned it off once it said it's over. Oh, I kept listening. And if you didn't read it, it was Colleen... The author grew up in an 
she grew up in it. Not why well, I I don't I don't want to say how severe it was or compared to Lily's, but she grew up in a similar situation to Lily. Um, and she just talks about like how she talked or talking to her mother about what it was like, and she really like wrote this as a tribute to her mother. Oh wow! And like to the to honestly like the strong women everywhere who find themselves in these situations. Like it is, I'm so happy I read this book. It is again like I don't want to say it romanticizes abuse, but it gives credit to so many of the women who are doing the best they can. And like, especially in not all situations, but like, especially in these situations, I do believe that Ryle loved Lily. And I do believe that Ryle hated himself for how he acted. I that does not justify his behavior, but, Mm -mm. and Lily's going through worse, but it was just hard to see because Lily loved him and he was going through a dark time and she couldn't get him through it because, well, no one, no one. I mean, I don't want to say no one, but I, I imagine you don't, stay with a guy if he's abusive all the time it's those shimmers of light that you get of like the good and when things are great and you're like when things are good they're amazing when they're bad they're terrible yeah and like you stay for the good and like it's not all the time i think what lily struggled with was leaving him in his darkest time yeah but i mean because you still love them because you love them and you want to be there for them i mean it was just it was a great book so now we'll wrap up before i announce our next book club book um, we'll wrap up with just casting the people. So who are you picturing? So I could see four Atlas. Um, I could go one of two ways. I did like a Google, like who would be casted and Dylan O'Brien was selected for, um, Atlas, which I actually really like. Cause he's kind of like boy and next door vibes. Runner. Yeah. Yeah. But you know who actually would be a very good Atlas hmm. is um, Adam Driver. Oh. He kind of, because he he kind of gives the looks of, um, like, he's not cute, but he's, like, super cute. Yeah, I don't see And I kind of, I kind of see, you don't see that? Not even a little bit. I like oh, Dylan I O'Brien. I so see it. I'm going to give I think him- Dylan O'Brien's, like, a little bit too cute. Like, he's got to be, like... A marine and have this like hard life. This Dylan O'Brien picture, like he's got a shaved head, like that's homeless Atlas. Like that's just like I mean, just any any picture of Adam Driver is homeless Atlas. So I'm actually gonna go with Adam Driver. Okay, I'm gonna go with Dylan O'Brien. Okay, my Ryle is so weird and specific, but I couldn't stop picturing it. Um, I didn't know the guy's name. But it's Raphael from Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. That's just who. I mean, maybe it's also because like he plays like a rich guy, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But like the Raphael from boat. Jane the Virgin. That's who I. What is his name? I have no um, idea. Oh, Justin Baldoni. Ryle. I could also maybe see uh, who is the guy in um, Euphoria. Jacob. Lordy, a lordy, or something like that. I I have no idea on anyone's ages. So like he, I know he plays a teen. I've never seen Euphoria, but I guess he plays a teenager. So that could be like way off. But he kind of gives me those like super hot dreamboat vibes. But then like could turn crazy. Okay, and then our Lily. Lily again. I could go one of two ways. <laughs> you always can. I always can. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. 100%. She she looks like she owns a flower shop. She does. That's the actress for um What's Wedding Crashers? That's what I know her from. Um she's in a ton of things. She is in a ton of things. Um she is 
she she looks like the type of girl that would be the exception to the rule, which is what she is for Ryle. Another one, I don't know, maybe Lily Collins. If I'm Emily at Paris, maybe. No, I don't see that at all. Yeah. I like the Isla Fisher. I mean, I was kind of thinking Sophie Turner, but I guess I also don't really see that. Yeah, um, I don't see Sophie Turner. And like, you know, it's hard because I'm like looking through the redheads and I don't see, I mean, it's like, it's not an Emma Stone kind of vibe. And that's like my go-to. I think it's red- probably Isla Fisher. I think it's kind of Isla Fisher too. So Isla Fisher, um, Raphael from... <laughs> Jane the Virgin. From Jane the Virgin. And, and Dylan say, O'Brien. But I, I think it's Adam Driver. Okay, so that is going to wrap up our recap of It Ends With Us. We hope you guys enjoyed it. It was really a delight to read. And I'm nervous about the next book because I feel I have so much pressure. Maybe I should make you pick the next book. Well, you already said you picked it. So I'll pick the next, next book. All right. I'm so excited to announce our next book club book. I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, consider the pressure on because it ends with it ends with us was very good. One of the best books I've ever read. And I've only read about 10, but it very much stands but out. But top 10. Oh, top 10. Top for sure. <laughs> I'm going to go a slightly different direction because that was like so romancy, so intense. And I'm going to go a little bit different. Yeah, let's I want to try it all. So and also, if you guys have any book club recommendations, we'd love to hear them because this is a lot of pressure. But the book is How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. So I read another one of his books called The Midnight Library, mm-hmm. and it was fabulous. It was a little bit of love story, but it was also just like a very thought provoking question thought-provoking storyline, I guess. Okay. So this one seems similar, and I actually think it seems pretty good. So it's called How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. We'll post it on the Carpool Instagram. Do you want the summary or no? I think I do, yeah. Okay. Tom Hazard has a dangerous secret. He may look like an ordinary 41-year-old, but but owing to a rare condition, he's been alive for centuries. <gasps> Tom has lived history, performing with Shakespeare, exploring the high seas with Captain Cook, and sharing cocktails with Fitzgerald. Now he just wants an ordinary life. Okay, it sounds kind of it sounds kind of cheesy, but I I trust this. That's author. okay. Sometimes cheese is good. So Tom moves back to London, his old home, and becomes a high school history teacher. The perfect job for someone who witnessed the city's history firsthand. Better yet, a captivating French teacher at a school <gasps> seems fascinated by him. Nice. But the Albatross Society, the secretive group which protects people like Tom, has one rule: never fall in love. Oh, of course. I'm gonna end it there. Yeah. But I think it sounds good. I think sometimes the summaries give you like too much information. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just like wanted to. So that's the book. Okay. I'm excited. If it sucks, I apologize. Um, I'll try to start it early and I'll try to like update the class next week on next week's episode. Yeah, because you know what? I After we launched about the It Ends With Us and then I started listening to it, I was like, we should have put a disclaimer that it is not a book to listen to with your kids in the car oh definitely not i mean they are dropping the f-bomb left and right i would say just to play it safe like all of the audiobooks we're going to recommend because i need a little bit of romance oh I yeah i would say like it's airpod only it's airpod or alone yeah but i think that's the beauty or if you could be a normal person and read the books i just have no time no so this is more okay, like cool. an, this is like the audiobook club i i love that i love that speaking of which we should we should start judging or not judging we should start giving our opinion on the reader of the book okay so with it ends with us i when you first played it i was like she sounds so robotic by the end of it it didn't bother me i totally agree it didn't bother me But like i'm the kind of person like before i buy an audiobook i'm playing sample because like i like need to hear the voice and i hate one of the audiobooks i read it's it was a female's voice which i think i prefer a female voice on my audiobooks okay but i don't like when they try to sound like a man or they like lower their voice or something it's like just stop. Well, I feel like most of them have to do that, though. Oh, I guess because then, like, you don't know who's talking. Yeah. 
but maybe bring a man in. I want, I want, maybe I just want theatrics. Oh, then you just want to watch a movie. Cal. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> All, All right. right. So anyway, guys, that's our book club book for the month of April. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for listening to the Carpool Podcast. Please follow us on IG at the Carpool. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed riding with us, tell everybody you know. There's room in the car for everyone.